take two middle-aged men who happen to be cousins and share a common codependency on movies, put them in a room, and tell them to talk about anything film-related. The result? An existential exposition of cinematic synergy we call The Finleys on Film. Good afternoon, Mr. Finley. Hey, Mr. Finley. How are you, sir? Good, good, good. Um, what is your... You're, you're, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it. You are a literate fellow. I want to say that first. I, I, I have enjoyed the book of occasion. Indeed, sir. I have. Uh, and I think <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a more um, academic connection to literature, but you have mm-hmm. a more... Um, you've been steeped in literature longer and more heavily than I have. So oftentimes I feel like a fraud when I talk to you about literature because I teach it and I think you've lived it. In the same way, you kind of remind me of like the great um, philosopher cab drivers. Fair enough. Okay. I mean, it's a compliment. I really mean those are the most sort of insightful people sometimes. It's like you get it outside the classroom in a way. I think in the area I'm about to ask a question about, um, I'm okay um, but I'm, I'm curious about your your um, your experience with Greek literature or Greek mythology. Oh, sure, that was like one of my first interests. Okay, in the world, yeah, like I got it. I got super. Actually, uh, Egyptology was super. Uh, was I was really into that when I was like about eight or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, became Greek and Norse mythology. I got really super hard into those. Yep. Uh, and. Um, and I, and also, I got to say, the the, the movie we're talking we're going to be talking about this movie had a huge influence on me as a kid. Mm-hmm. I love this stuff, and also my love for sort of the nerdier end of movie making really kind of comes yeah. from this movie oh, too. Yes, for sure. Yeah, I had never seen this film before. By the way, now really? I, I saw this in the I saw this in a drive-in. Yeah, well, it's funny because um, I, well, I had, of course, seen the famous scene. I kept waiting for it, and it happens at the end, and then uh, or one of the famous scenes. And then I, 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 um, I, I kept trying to like ah, put my finger on like this seems familiar to a movie I remember seeing in, in the um, the one theater we had in the, the town I grew up in was a, was the Mexican theater, but they would show on Saturday afternoons English films, but it was always like. I mean, I think it. I think I actually saw um, Robert. Oh, what's his name? The guy from um, uh, uh, Fuck the Jew. The Fuck the comedian. He's in the Italian concentration camp. He won the best. Um, uh, oh, uh, life is beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I forget the actor's name, but it's not Bertolucci. That's the director. But anyway, I, I saw yeah, him in an so early it, version yeah. of Pinocchio there, and I saw. But I saw Sinbad in the Seven Seas there, and as yes. I was watching this film, I was like, "There is something I can't put my finger on that's familiar." Uh, in terms of like the cinematography or something. And anyway, what we're talking about <laughs> is 1963's um, uh, Jason and the Argonauts. Jason and the Argonauts, yeah. Well, so I'll tell you exactly what those two movies have in common. Oh, yeah. And honestly, here's the truth. When you brought up uh, Jason and the Argonauts, I almost wanted to sort of push back and maybe broaden broaden this one out a little bit to include something like that because yep. the guy, uh, Ray Harryhausen, Ray Harryhausen, was the, yeah. Was the, spe- was the special effects guy, and he invented, he basically... He did a couple of things. Like he, more he specifically he invented like a new way to do stock action, uh, stock uh, stop action cinematography yep. that was interactive with the actual actors on the screen. Like he invented that. That was his thing. And so he was the special effects guy on both of those movies. People by, by the way, stop action. Just, just, that there's like there's almost no movie. Yeah. Except for special effects, like like the rest of the movie is not that well written. 
it's kind of poorly acted, but you but the special effects make it like what's what can watch well, this. Well, I think there, vis a vis what you're talking about, there are like two at least two tracks we could talk about. I mean, you could separate the the effects from the story, and and we could argue about whether what the merits of each one has. For those of you those of you who are not familiar, and I'm sure everyone is, but like the stop action, yeah, I mean uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Not that now that doesn't interact with people, but that stop action like right. claymation type stuff. There's claymation is that is that end of it, and then this is. Just just with models, really. And I remember seeing a special after the Empire Strikes Back came out, they had it on television, and it was um, a special about filming eight seconds of Luke Skywalker fighting, what were those gigantic horses on the, the mechanical horses on Hoth? Oh yeah, the the Akats. Okay, so so like an eight second scene and how it took like two days and sixteen hours of stop <laughs> stop action because it was a little bit pro, uh, before CGI, I guess then too, and mm-hmm. and the whole yeah the whole stop action with it. well this guy by the way was a, apparently a director first, and mm-hmm. then interrupted his career as a director to to switch over and focus on. Um, then it wasn't called special effects; it was called visual effects back then. Right, right. Yeah, and really sort of redefine it. And the truth is, is like this movie right here. This is almost ground zero for like uh, movies that were, were special, where the special effects are super important to the movie. Like, oh, the, yeah. like are very central as of the concept and sort of drive everything. So Harryhausen is the guy who kind of uh, just by way of what he did with these things, yeah. kind of made that happen. He also did uh, twenty. You know, he did uh, the crew, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms. I think from, came from outer space. He did a bunch of movies, and then all of a sudden, he did one million movies. BC with with uh, Rocket Lawrence. Oh, Clash of Titans! Remember that? Oh, that's Sir Lawrence Olivier's uh, crowning achievement, I would say. Yeah, that's what probably. I would say this is also Harryhausen on his way out a little bit. It wasn't okay, yeah, I remember Clash of the Titans. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Find the Medusa. <laughs> oh, I thought there was. Oh, yeah. So, so uh, well, okay. So, hmm. Right, so there is the there are the two things. On the one hand, you could look at this as a film where, rightfully so, you were just waiting for the next incarnation of his visual effects to happen, like something mm-hmm. that shouldn't be alive to come to life in some sort of battle form, or something like that. And yet, it is based. I mean, it's a bastardization, I would say, of Greek of Greek mythology, right? I mean, there's a, a, a rewriting. Yeah. It's 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 a composite of of different things, right? Right. Yeah. They t- yeah. I mean, they t- they take some liberties with what's you know with with, with sort of the Greek mythology, but uh, overall, it's pretty much it's pretty straightforward. Like in the in the Greek myth uh, in the Greek myth of Jason and the Argonauts, they do sort of follow more or less the pattern. Just a couple of things were a little bit different. He didn't fight a Hydra. That was Hercules fought a Hydra as one of his labors. Well, it depends on your the, the cultural sort of um, uh, adaptation of these things too, right? I remember I, I was uh, years ago. I, I did a guided tour um, in Morocco in Tangier, and and mm-hmm. and um, the guide explained that um, well, Tangier is where Hercules came. Um, because um, uh, he was jealous that his girlfriend was was sleeping with another man, and to separate them, well, that's how we get the Strait of Gibraltar. And it's like, oh, okay. Yes. I mean, everyone has their way of absorbing it and using it, right? I like the fact that Hercules was basically he was like the Bubba of uh, ancient Greece. <laughs> yeah. Any 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 shitty trashy sort of behavior this guy did, he'd get drunk and fuck things up hard. Is it, didn't uh, Ferrigno play Hercules at one point? Am I he crazy? might have. I know uh, Schwarzenegger, Hercules in New York. That was like oh, that was Schwarzenegger. Movie. Yeah, you're right. But uh, but if you if you were to tell me that uh, Lou Ferrigno did a did a Hercules movie, I would not be in any way surprised. 
It's also kind of interesting, like, you know, you have these Greek myths, and then you have, let's say, like, Ovid comes along, and it's it's the Roman. But but a lot of them are retelling. I mean, the, the, the Roman myths of antiquity are also retellings of the Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. But then there's a sort of Western culture comes along and wants to, to take it. So it's like a lot of them are the worst. By the time it gets to us, it's really the worst. I mean, the one I think of all the time is My Fair Lady, right? Which is Pygmalion, which just comes from Ovid's like short, amazing, like creepy short story of a mm-hmm. man. There are probably um, categories for this on Pornhub, but a man who like carves a woman out of soap and, and tries to make her the perfect woman. Um, and, and I would say here, too, it's sort of like, yeah, clearly Jason is his own myth. I think a lot of people know Jason um, in terms of his relationship with Medea, um, who in this film doesn't show up until like three quarters of the way in and perfunctory at best, because the, the, the myth of, of Jason and Medea, as I remember it, is Jason cheated on Medea and then Medea did like an uh, Andrea Yates and killed all the children, right? Yeah. Now yeah, that's a juicy was, uh, story. Yeah, yeah, she's. She, I like the fact she's like the first. She's one of those great first instances of a woman who got cheated into being a monster. Like she got, like she got fucked over first. Let's be very honest about that. Uh, I would. She stepped right into it. I don't mean to sound like a men's right advocate, but her reaction seems a little strong to me. Yeah, you know, women love very hard, man. That's just, they uh, do. They. That's true. <laughs> and those kids are. Yeah, good point. One of the things I loved about this movie too, and I'd forgotten about it, was I love the guy, the actor who played uh, Hercules. God, he was fucking great. Oh. Oh, what a great head of hair, I love the, the fact way. he had, like, the, he had like the perfect late 60s beer bottle. <laughs> oh, yeah, he was great. He was kind of looked like a, a trust fund, um, uh, you know, uh, hippie jam band <laughs> attend, attendee yeah. in some way. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible analogy. But anyway, so, um, yeah, so, you know, we're given this story. Um, it's interesting because... I think one of the problems with trying to film any of these things, and it's like the best versions of the Odyssey that I've seen, the best versions of the Iliad, I actually think it's one of the cases where, I gotta be careful how I say this, because it's very easy to say, movies can never capture what the book, oh yeah, of course, clearly. But it's actually that, um, sometimes there's, I guess it's what we might call like an abstract negative space. When there is something that's not possible, it actually, makes you the co-creator so so when i read right. mm-hmm. like about mount olympus and zeus and all of those sort of things it's like that's so otherworldly to me and that they would have both godlike and human-like interactions with odysseus or jason or whoever it is it really gets my my head spinning it's what makes the yarn so great when 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 you come along and make a movie and it's like here we are on mount olympus and it's like we're looking into a pool which is really like a 40 inch color tv to look at the past and the future it's like ah i don't like that someone intrudes the best and the best intended person intrudes to sort of Mm -hmm. make it clear to me i like it being so unclear in the story that like I get to make it up, and what what sh- what moves me along is not the clarity of the scene, but rather the weirdness of the characters. Because I think Greek, Greek mythology is mostly about like moving stories along vis-a-vis weird characters. Yeah, I mean, you got to think the king of the god like fucked just about everything he could get his hands on, yeah. d- 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 dressed as anything he, he could be. It was weird. Yeah, well, there's a great my like favorite a big horny gold mist and a bull at one point. Uh, one of my favorite zoo stories is that he was fucking swan. he was fucking around and Hera caught him and 
Uh, he goes, she goes, where's that woman? And he goes, what woman? And he, he turned this woman into a cow forever. This poor woman. <laughs> like, <laughs> I yeah, 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 yeah. I was the cow forever. And it's like, you know, that's such a beautiful story that it's like, I don't think even under the most skilled director with the best intents and CGI, God help him, could make that more interesting uh, than the book. But I don't want to dismiss Greek mythologies that are turned into films because I'm going to say this about this film. I fucking love this film. I love this movie too. Oh, God, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good, and, and, and just to go to that point, like I wonder, I, I would just be curious to know if, like, you took this and put it in like the hands of a Wachowski brother, what they would do with it. Can you, you remind me who that is? This is Wachowski sisters now. Sorry. Oh, they, they really oh the Matrix. Matrix. Yeah, yeah. They do like some, like you know, like some, you know, uh, vampire disco, cool ass leather brown version of this movie. Or yeah, like that. I, that's what would I mean. It, would it make it better? I don't. I don't. Oh, it would be interesting. I kind of be interested in seeing something like that just to see it. But that's what I mean about the singularity of these stories in a way, because um, I think the the really most interesting attempts are things like the Coen Brothers. Like, let's take the Odyssey or parts of the Odyssey and put, turn it into. But it's like, to be go. honest with you, it's one of my least favorite Coen Brothers movies. Although I like a lot of things about it, because I constantly see what they're trying to do. Well, you know what's really funny about that, and I guess this sort of speaks to what we were talking about—that sort of negative creative space, because it's the uh, because they're having to fill in that gap and sort of cross, you know, cross that bridge. Yep. It's the most Coen Brothers movie of all the Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, in a way, because it's it's too—they have to c- consistently hammer on it yeah. to give their mm-hmm. own brand to something that's not theirs. Whereas they can be more playful with it, raising Arizona or the Hudsucker Proxy or whatever. Right, right, right. Or, or, or very straightforward with like True Grit, which I loved. So. Oh, that's right. Well, that's probably closer to having to sort of, yeah. But I liked it too. What do you think of Jason, of the actor? Um, good. I do, I'm wondering if I've ever seen him in anything before. I know uh, the seven, sin, Sinbad. That was Pat Wayne who did uh, Sinbad in those movies later on. But I remember that. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. It was one of those guys. I was like, God, do I know this guy? I don't know him anywhere. Pat Wayne, by the way, who was famously horrible in The Searchers. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, He's absolutely. You could probably keep a straight face. Oh, God, awful. And then so it's like, yeah, he must have tried to man it up. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was his, this is, that was his attempt to catch up with the Duke, I think. I yeah. guess, I guess. And, and this, by the way, there's a couple of things about this film that I also found interesting. I forget the guy, the guy who did the score, but it's not an original score. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a conglomeration of all his previous scores. Oh, is that right? Which is why sometimes it's really compelling because the score doesn't exactly match what you would consider Greek mythology at all. Right, right. But it's kind of more interesting, you know? Smooth saxophone as, as Jason yeah. tries to, to run the straights in a, a certain area. Go ahead. No, 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 no. This, you're, you're right. It was kind of it was a little fucking weird. And this I love was, this movie, man. I just, I, I do. I have to, I have to admit, I love this movie. I don't know if it's a guilty pleasure. I'll be very honest with you. I think it's, I think it, I think it more or less holds up. I would recommend it for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad movie. It's just a movie that you're kind of scratching your head as to why you think it's good. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not it like it seems flawed, but I can't yeah. really. It just—it's not perfect. I think. I think maybe because it's not flawed means it's trying to be something and fails. I don't know that it's trying to be anything more than what it actually is, right. in a way. I mean, there the the things you overlook and forgive are like uh, the the claymation stuff is great, but the yeah. the back screen stuff is pretty terrible. But then so were all movies, even in 1963. 
right? Where someone's yeah. skiing down a mountain and it's like a ridiculous mountain scene it, moving. Or I think something. this has that quality of like you know, like a good early Cecil B. DeMille movie, like uh, Ben Hur. Like it's it's it really is the spectacle more than it is anything else. Yeah, but I did I did I did enjoy the story. I did enjoy where they were going with it. The thing about the guy who played Jason is. Um, I would say he was the least good actor of anyone, but it's like his role was almost to be a focal point, like to just to bring the story into the next adventure. And so he was like super clear, super emotive. He wasn't mm-hmm. terrible, but he wasn't particularly good. Right. Um, and then everyone else was probably a little bit better than he. Um, right. And then a appropriately cheesy, but not trying to be cheesy, which is good. Um, you know, kind of cinematography and music and um, yeah, I, I would give it a thumbs up and I would say like two and a half to three stars out of four. It definitely is a good one for Sunday afternoon. No, oh, sure. I give it a three stars. You know, and for those of you uh, who find the, uh, who, and, and for those of you who are going to, and I think they're going to, let me finish the sentence here. Yeah, or start it. For those of you who find the, uh, the special effects kind of, you know, old and archaic, yeah. understand that they are old and archaic, but this is like the beginning. Of, this is like the real sort of the seed from which our culture of special effects sort of has come from. Well, he now he so, did uh, Mighty Joe Young like 20 years earlier. I, yeah, I think that, that was there, like a, there was yeah, a seedling before, but it just never caught on, whereas this one was a seed that actually sprouted something. Also, I'm kind of interested, like there was a period of time from the late, from the mid-1950s Onward, where it's like Cecil B. DeMille returns, so you have like Ben Hur, then you have like El Cid, and it was like Sword and Sandal. They called it Sword and Sandal Sagas. And there's a turn in 1961, and I forget the film, but Sergio Leone um, made one in the early 60s. And and that was sort of almost like and Spartacus is another one. But when Sergio Leone made this in like nineteen sixty one, it was like permission to have these be not necessarily three and a half hours long, not necessarily as epic, like like short epic. Which is right. a weird thing to say about Sergio Leone because later on everything turns into a Spartacus or else <laughs> yeah, like sure. epic, but it's almost like he came in and broke open. I'm starting to really respect Sergio Leone's like um as as a precursor to, to people like um, uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Sort of like taking an old genre and then like placing parts of it on its head. And, and in a way, I feel like this film does that a bit too. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. okay. This is just like a Tarantino movie. Uh, Jason and the Argonauts? Yeah. <laughs> Check out the no. big brain of Medea. <laughs> But I remember, like, yeah, I just wanted, you know, what, so what was your favorite fight of, like, all the weird epic ones? Uh, actually, it was, the one I liked was, the, and I forget the, the god's name, but the, the bronze statue that came to life. And, and there's this, I don't want to give it away, oh, but yeah, there, yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. way to defeat him, almost like a video game. Uh, right. Like, a way to defeat him, and, and, and Jason has, you know, he's given, like, five clues, I guess, from Hera that, that he's allowed to use, or some, some not, mm-hmm. so it's very Greek in that sense, right? So it's like, you five, and, and no, I also, one of the things I also adore, I, I'm sorry, I'll get back to you talking about your favorite fight, one of the things I adore about all of Greek mythology, and then I guess Roman mythology is bringing from it, is the gods being, having a humanity to them, 
allows them to sort of like have these this rigidity on the one hand and yet like but i like this one asshole so i'm gonna like <laughs> try to help him a little bit you know or something yeah i think the greeks uh, roundly thought of their gods as assholes all the way around like you know, just yeah. kind of schmuckier much more powerful versions of them yeah <laughs> so. yeah yeah describe your your best your favorite uh, fight my i honestly my favorite scene in the thing has always been when like uh, poseidon comes out of the giant poseidon oh, yeah. dude comes out of the ocean and like holds the rocks apart so they yeah. can get through. That's always been my favorite scene of that movie. That's interesting. You know, there's a whole sort of um, also uh, literary history of straits. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You mean, think, you mean waterways? Is that yeah, what we're I did, about? but I, I paused because I saw your face and I go, here comes the comic. Like, there's going to be some sort of queer eye for the straight idea. guy or something like that. Um, yeah, and it's, anyway, that was a sort of nonsensical comment. I apologize. But anyway, I really. Um, the Straits of Magellan. As <laughs> to the gaze of Magellan. Hello. Now, now, listen, would you consider this to be an extension of the family that is um, Spartacus, Ben Hur, El Cid? Would you, would you consider that to be like a branch of that film? family cinematic family maybe i guess yeah I, I think in a sense but um if you call it sword and sandal let's say yeah it definitely is sword yeah so, it would so, fall into the sword and so sandal, tell me but this. i would say those i would say like spartacus is a much better version well i was going to tell you i was going to ask you actually because i i but suggested much higher a uh, much higher um uh, higher, a lot much more money they had to put it in. oh sure sure well kramer and and uh, uh at one point uh, Kubrick, I think, and then right. also uh, Dalton Trumbull and, and Kirk Douglas and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I, I wanted to ask you um, uh, then, because I'm the one who, su- who suggested this, but it was one of those other ones where it's like I kind of wanted to, to please you, Tom. Like, I just saw, I ran across it, I'm like, oh, Tom will love this one for a Patreon episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, sure. so let me just throw it to you. Like, list like of sword and sandal, like the, the broadest sort of um, categorization there. What are some of your favorites? And would this be included in the top five? Oh, shit. I don't know. Because there's kind of... Uh, I, I'm not a huge fan of most of the old Hollywood sword and sandals. Spartacus would be the would be the big exception of that. Mm-hmm. Never been a big fan of the whole Ben-Hur thing. Mm-hmm. Most of that stuff that I do like was, yeah, basically from the 70s. So the, the Seven Voyages of Sinbad, uh, this one here, Jason and the Argonauts. I actually loved uh, Conan the Barbarian. Which I'm going to call. I'm going to put in that same category. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's definitely fantasy as opposed to, um, but uh, yeah. So I don't know of, of those older movies like that. I mean, Spartacus would be the best, absolutely. Well, and yes, by the yeah. way, we're talking about these Greek mythologies and, and Roman mythologies, and and but in a way, in terms the liturgy, Christian liturgy has the same sort of film um, upside and downside, right? So it's like. You know what? What better thing to toy with in a film than like there's a plague, and if you put lamb's blood on, on these doors, it's like wow, that's that's oh, not too un, too unlike Jason and the Argonauts in yeah. a way. You know? Come to think of, okay, I'm going to back up on what I said a minute ago because I have to say the uh, the Ten Commandments, like the Charlton Heston version, yeah, serious guilty pleasure. Love that. Hmm. There's, so many, there's so many weird things in that. Such a weird fucking, fucking Edward movie. G. Robinson, like nah, yeah, the, the greatest, calf, one of the greatest nah. casting decisions. <laughs> That's <laughs> the best, man. Yeah, ah, you're playing Pharaoh for the mug, huh? I think Ben Hur is a great one too. It, it is a fucking marathon, even for me. I'm a patient film watcher, but I, I think it is a good film. And that one, by the way, side note is has the hysterical quality of having Gore Vidal as one of the screenwriters who <laughs> who slipped in all kinds of gay. Dialogue between Charlton Heston and 
Rex Harrison. <laughs> if you go back and look at some of what, like, what they're laughing and holding each other from behind and bending each other, <laughs> pulling out a sword, it's like, oh, Gore, that Queen Gore Vidal must have had a ball riding that thing. So to speak. Yeah. <laughs> All right, um, Tommy, uh, thanks. And um, uh, yeah. oh, plug your website. Yeah, go check it out, TomSmithComedy.com. Thanks for uh, joining us here on Patreon. Uh, I shouldn't have said that. That's all right. No big deal. All right. Love yeah, you, Tommy. Edit it out. Edit it out. <laughs> Post. All right. See you, buddy.